This is Bedside, a podcast series on a mission to debunk sex. I'm your host, Tatiana, and each week we uncover stories, ideas, and expert information to help guide you on your ever-evolving journey of deep love, relationships, and good sex. Oh, and a little bit of manifestation sprinkled in there too. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Bedside Podcast. I'm really excited to have you here today. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday. If you're new here, a very warm welcome to you. I'm so excited to be in your little ears right now. And if you're a seasoned listener, hi. I'm also so happy to have you here. This week, I have Julia on the podcast, who is a body image and confidence expert. So I actually found Julia on TikTok. She goes by the name of Brazen Soul Rebellion, and I found her on the internet. She just captivated me immediately. And when I found her page, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what she specializes in, which is body image, confidence, consciousness and energy healing, which is such a beautiful thing and really comes full circle for everything that we talk about on Bedside. So today, Julia is here to chat with us all about the relationship that she has and transformed with the word confidence, what it means to have a healthy relationship to confidence, and what her story was like moving from a place where she really was in low self-worth and lack of confidence to a place where she feels like she really overcame and transformed and reframed what it meant to her and really how she is living a gorgeously magnetic and authentic life today. She shares a lot of tips around reframing negative thoughts, how we can go about utilizing things like affirmations and modalities like tapping and regulating our nervous systems. We also talk a lot about establishing tips for self-love. This is just such a beautiful episode that I think everybody can resonate with on a fundamental level, especially with all of the programming that we have growing up around the different standards that are placed on us for how we should be and how we should be walking through this world. And it is just such a beautiful reclamation to yourself. So I hope you are just as inspired as I was recording this episode with Julia. And without further ado, please welcome her to the Bedside Podcast. Julia, welcome to the Bedside Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. I love this podcast. I love your energy and I'm so happy to be here. I am really excited and I feel like we're about to have such a great conversation and what you do so well and what like when I found you on the internet, I was so drawn to you, honestly. And that's just like a kudos to your presence because they feel like you do such a good job of speaking honestly and from the heart in such a captivating and relatable way. And I was like, I know this is so your superpower. So I'm excited to chat with you today about body confidence and tapping into the confident self, which is so aligned with this podcast series, truthfully, because so much of our conditioning around confidence is stifled around just different cultural outlooks and programming. And so it's no wonder that a lot of us kind of stumble around when it comes to these things. So before I get too deep, I suppose I just want to ask you, what does 
body confidence mean to you? And honestly, what's been your relationship to the word? Oh, you can yeah. even strip it back from body confidence, <laughs> just confidence. Yeah. Absolutely. I know when I, so when I personally use the term body confidence, for me, feeling confident is so much bigger than your body, right? It honestly has very little to do with your body. It's really about how you can live confidently in yourself and be able to live the most expansive, abundant life as possible. And the confidence aspect is really about helping people to come back to that confidence within themselves. Just like you described, our conditioning, pressures, unrealistic beauty standards, all kinds of things really quiet our sense of inner confidence. And so I really believe in supporting people to gain their power back and to be able to shine as brightly as they can from the inside out. I love that so much. I kind of want to like touch more on yeah, yeah, yeah. really the path of where you feel like a lot of this gets lost for us, right? Like I firmly come from the belief, and I'm curious to know if you think this as well, that we come into this world confident and in our authenticity, but then it gets stripped from us in so many different capacities. So where do you see this timeline of confidence kind of waving in and out? And and where do you see this like reclamation starting again? Yeah, that's such a great question. So I very much align with you in thinking that when we come into this world, we are born a being of pure love and light and confidence. And of course, you know, whether it's your family upbringing, you know, you have generational trauma, media, diet culture, <laughs> the fitness industry, any anything like we're so susceptible to those messages unrealistic beauty standards, just everything. And so we basically year over year just get clouded with all of that information and that forms our perception of self. And for some people, they they are gifted with a better way of managing that filter and are stronger and more resilient in the face of that. But for others like myself, having grown up in a family where my mother was very insecure about her body image and didn't have a healthy relationship with her body paired with being in dance culture, you know, sports, and then also diet culture, low self-esteem as a teenager, you just really set yourself up to feel really unworthy. And without the right tools, this starts so young and then it just compounds over time. And, and even for me, it lasted 20 something years of my life. And I work with people all the time that are even into their 60s, 70s who say that they're this has lasted their entire lifetime. So yeah, I think it starts really young and I really wish that, you know, even schools were equipped with a lot more tools to support children with this. Yeah, 100%. Tell me more about your own personal journey with this and with confidence. You said you came from a family that it wasn't yeah. the best modeling around confidence. So what kind of was your arc with it? Yeah. So, I mean, my mom, my mom struggled a lot with her sense of confidence and a lot of that stemmed from her body image and looking at her from the outside, any person would say that, you know, the conventional things like you're, you're so conventionally beautiful. You are blessed with a thin body and none of that mattered. She was still really deeply struggling and also struggled with her relationship to food. And so I saw that from a young age and really thought, you know, it just sort of infiltrated my mind. Like that's kind of the first point of modeling from our parents. And then I always kind of developed this thinking that there was something wrong with my body. And anytime I felt insecure, the solution in my mind was like, 
I should just change the way I look. If I, if only I were thinner, boys would like me more. If only I had bigger breasts, boys would want to date me in school. Like the storylines just always revolved around my body and why my inadequacy was tied to my body. And I tried to kind of skirt around that by being like, you know, a straight A student, competitive sports, dance, but that never filled the void of my inadequacy with my body. And it just became this long, long, lifelong struggle of thinking that if only my body were different, life would be really easy. And I, I can't tell you how relatable that is for most women, right? They have this story that if only I lost weight or if only my thighs were thinner or if only my arms were this shape, then maybe I'd finally be happy. But that's that's the real issue. And I chased that misery my whole life, dieting, doing intense exercise. You know, I even got plastic surgery at age 21. I got breast implants because I was so insecure about my body. And none of that changed anything about my confidence. Nothing. It just actually made it worse. So really that battle carried on from a young age since I was 11 till about when I was almost 30. And I hit rock bottom when I was over-exercising. I was a fitness instructor. I was over-exercising. I was doing intermittent fasting. All the things that I thought were going to make me really happy and fit and confident. And my body just completely burnt out. And I got uh, suffered from adrenal fatigue, all kinds of physiological symptoms. My body gained almost 20 pounds of, of weight and inflammation. I had insomnia. I was so depressed and I just had this wake up call. You know, I, I just felt like I cannot do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. And thank God, because something came over me to actually want to approach this in a much different way, in a much healthier way, and really do the inside out work to finally love myself and the person that I really am. And to really stop chasing this, you know, this idea that I have to be different in how I look to be worthy in the world. I started to get so angry and started to reject diet culture and, you know, these unrealistic, obscene beauty standards. And I just decided to start my own little rebellion where I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And that's, that was really the turning point for me where I learned how to heal these struggles at a root level, rewire my mind, support my nervous system to heal, you know, started cycle syncing and doing all kinds of things to actually care for myself. And yeah, that that changed my entire life. And that was the gift of, yeah, the true true gift of my life is is healing through that and now being able to support women with this worldwide because it's such a prevalent issue. It's so true. And thank you so much for sharing that. What I almost am gathering from what you're saying is it's almost as if we learn to override our intuition and then we just start following all these shoulds of what we think we should be doing or how we should look. And it's when we lose that intuition, that's when we lose that like glimmer of our authenticity and of ourselves, which is so connected deeply to our confidence and what makes us feel like we're like lit up in the world. And even hearing you say like, I'm going back and I'm like discovering cycle syncing. It's like, you're learning to be intuitive with your body again. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I also don't want to forget this detail that you brought up, which I think is actually a really interesting piece of this puzzle, where you kind of mentioned this 
intergenerational lack of Mm self-worth. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. I can definitely relate to that myself in different ways as well, where like you see, you're like, oh, like I am watching like this lineage, like I'm viewing this lineage of like mother to grandmother to great grandmother of like different things. And you're like, oh, this is like, (laughs) this is, this isn't even a me thing. Like this has been... (laughs) ongoing. So what is your take on really a lot of this programming that has come from our lineages and generations before us? Yeah. I mean, I really believe in that. And for many of us, that is the case where most of this burden comes from. And I think having that awareness is really important. And for me, being able to to see that my mom got this as well from her mom. And it, it helped me to have so much more compassion for her because I think a lot of times we it's not intentionally that we seek to blame our parents, but it's, it's really easy to be like, well, I'm like this because of my mom and it's all her fault and there's resentment and stuff. But for me, I really learned how to look at the whole picture and have compassion for what she went through. And no wonder she is the way she is because of how she grew up. But I also learned how to kind of take a step back from that zoom out and decide in an empowered way, I'm actually not willing to carry this on to my future children. Um, if I have any, and my future lineage. And so many people I work with are the same. Their motivation to want to heal this is for their future kids and not wanting to carry on that generational trauma. Yeah, 100%. And that's like just such a beautiful recognition to even come to being like, I'm not even only doing this for myself. Like we are stopping this right here, right now, which totally. is just really amazing. What were some things, I know you said like you worked on compassion. What are some other tools that you feel like you implemented as you were working through this big shift of yours? Because it's like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, you can feel into that anger you you were describing before being like, this isn't even a me thing. And I'm so angry at all of these systems that have made me get to this point. So it's like, if someone's there, what is, can you give us a glimpse into like a bit of that journey of like how we can begin to work with that as an energetic? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, for me, the tools that I use leading up to that point where I, I had my own reclamation were I did a lot of conventional therapy, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, EMDR, positive psychology. Like I had my hands in everything, Reiki, whatever. And yeah, it all helped to some degree. But for me, what really shifted was when I I learned how to truly rewire these toxic thought patterns that were keeping me stuck and sick because our thoughts obviously form our beliefs and our beliefs create our world around us. So for me, I had to really learn how to do that. And I used emotional freedom techniques, otherwise known as tapping, to do that work. And once I started using that tool specifically, it helped me in countless ways. Like it truly changed my whole life. And it is a very, you know, it's a simple tool that we can all learn to use on our own. And of course, working with a practitioner is going to be a a much different level of that. But I think it's an incredible tool that anybody can use to really support yourself with all the things you just asked about. Can you give me like an example of like maybe a thought of yours or something that you like commonly seen in your clients that you work with that you help to reframe? Like I'm curious to get an understanding of how you take one thought and then change that neural pathway. Absolutely. So 
An example is a limiting belief. So someone might come in and have this belief, I can't be confident until I lose weight. We would rate how true that is on a scale of one to 10. And let's say they said 10, then we have very specific techniques that we use with the tapping tool to kind of dismantle that belief. So we can take a belief apart. And over time, by using that technique, that belief goes from a 10 out of 10 in strength of being true to nine to eight and so on and so on. And when you can dismantle a belief, your identity essentially changes. If I'm no longer someone that believes that I have to lose weight to be confident, I'm living a very different quality of life now, right? But because beliefs are in our subconscious, you can't, that's why it's not really effective consciously to try to dissect it. It's like we need deeper tools to really work at the subconscious level, because we know how to outsmart that. I can be like, yes, consciously, I know, you know, I can be confident without losing weight, but that doesn't matter because my whole subconscious believes differently. Does that make sense? 100%. Yeah. We use these tools at a deeper level to help take energy and power away from a belief um, and emotional charge. And the less energy and emotion a thought or belief has, the less power it holds in a brain. And then through time, that's how we fundamentally just, we basically tear that belief down. So your brain no longer thinks that anymore. And then we can feed energy to a new belief that actually fits who you are now. So if you no longer believe, you know, I have to lose weight to be worthy in the world or confident, what do you believe to be true? I believe that I am worthy enough exactly as I am. And now we use that same tool to reinforce that new thought to create a new belief and then a new identity as a person. And so the tool really helps in both those ways to dismantle the old belief and reinforce and really establish that new empowered belief. Oh my gosh, that's so wild and so exciting. Honestly, I love the brain. I I, know, right? I just love that it's not a fixed thing, that it's something that it, you can change and you can malleate and you can work with. And I also, too, even in like your description of dismantling and like recreating a new belief system that feels so creative to me, it feels so enriching and like really, really exciting being like, you know, I know that there are really tough emotions that need to be worked through. But, you know, once you you're at that point where you're like, okay, now I have all of this at my fingertips, like what are we going to do here? And I feel like that's a really fun place to be. (laughs) Yes, that absolutely is. That is the eighth step of my program is really stepping into now that I don't have these issues and I have these new beliefs and I have this new identity. What do I do with all my energy and time? It's a very empowering process, like you said. And when people really get that, that these issues that they struggle with, you know, it's it's just a default network that fires over and over in your brain it's so much more empowering because you get to understand, well, I learned this, therefore I can unlearn it. I'm not, this is not who I am. This is just a part of me that learned this and I can teach my brain how to learn something different. Yes. And like, I don't have to identify with it and like be this person that I thought I had to be. Like Mm -hmm. I I can recreate that entire script. What for you was the most exciting part like did you discover anything about yourself as well I'm sure you discovered so much about yourself but was there like a piece of you that you are so happy to have unlocked having done this transformative work oh my god everything it was so so freeing so empowering 
And really just that piece that we last talked about, like my identity up until a certain point was always a person who was insecure, never feeling enough, always going to struggle with her body image, her relationship to food. And through this work, that's what I really learned. No, that's just a part of me that learned those behaviors and thoughts. And I learned how to not only see that, but have so much compassion for that wounded part of me that just really was looking for love and acceptance all along. And through this healing process, you know, I was able to reclaim my true identity and really live with that love, compassion, and kindness for myself. And that that's truly the the most life-changing thing that I've experienced is being able to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. What are the different modalities that you find have been really impactful to fostering self-love? Because I think a component to confidence really does come down to this self-love piece. And I know it sometimes sounds so cheesy, but I even have had a really big transformation with my self-love and my self-talk where I remember this one day where I was like, I, it started similarly to you where I was like, I am just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Like I'm done with this low, shitty, low vibe talk. I'm done with it. And so I think I had seen like some sort of, it might've been Mel Robbins or Gabby Bernstein or someone being like, talk to yourself in the mirror. Like, you know, while you're getting ready, just like, give yourself some self-love while you're in the mirror and just start talking to yourself. And I remember the day I started like actually talking to myself. It felt so weird, but then it became such a habit that now I'm like, I don't even think about it anymore. I'm like, I'm like, girl, you crushed it. Or like, I'll be like, you look so good today. Right. And, and just like really gassing myself up and being my number one cheerleader. But what are your thoughts on kind of beginning to transform your negative self-talk into positive self-talk and into self-love? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. So I think for a lot of people, self-love can feel like a very foreign concept. And like you said, it's kind of like, Ugh, like cringy sometimes when you're so far away from that. So I think even approaching it as, well, how can I welcome more acceptance, more of a neutral even thought? So I, I teach people how to create affirmations that actually land and resonate with where you are currently. If you're someone that hates your body and truly feels that sense of pain and shame every day with your body, slapping on an affirmation that says, I love and accept my body exactly as I am is not going to be useful because it's going to trigger that voice inside that says, no, you don't No, you don't. And you're in turn, just strengthening that. And so alternatively, if you create an affirmation that is more aligned with where you really are at, like I'm learning how to have more acceptance and love for my body every day, that immediately feels much more vibrationally aligned. It's not as big of a gap. And then you can really start to embody that truth and that will grow further and further into that true sense of self-love and acceptance. So that's, that's another small way of just adjusting language in a way that actually feels within reach, if that makes sense. 100%. Because I think that's where a lot of like the teachings sometimes around this topic can fail us where it's just like, wait, but I'm not even there. I, I find a lot of correlations to sex in the sexual wellness space where it's like sometimes people go so far into like extremes and I'm like, wait, we got to meet people where they're at, which is so important, especially with acceptance. And I, I really, really like your stance on that. What are 
the benefits of affirmations in terms of being like reinforcers? Is it something that you think we should be like doing every single day, once a week? Like what is what if you were to like prescribe affirmations to someone, what is your prescription? (laughs) Yeah. So I think like if you can I'll give like a quick three-part answer. If you have a negative thought and it you allow it to continue to gain energy, you're just strengthening that pathway over and over again that says, you know, I don't love my body. I hate the way I look, whatever, whatever. And that quickly takes over your whole day and will ruin the day, probably the week, yada, yada, yada. So if you can, in that moment, instead of letting that negative thought take over, you know, do something to interrupt it. It can be small. It can be like, you know, you snap your fingers, you do a jumping jack, you shake your body out, you you use a quick little tool, you're interrupting that thought pathway. And now you're in a place where if your body switched its focus, you can actually use an affirmation that's within reach, one that you actually want to start believing, like I'm learning how to have more love and acceptance for my body. And you're now feeding energy into exactly what you want to say. So I would say it's really important to not to catch those negative thoughts and actually use that sort of process to retrain your brain. And then also, you know, if you do use affirmations, I think it's great. Like if you're someone who has, you know, maybe you're in the shower or you're doing some kind of self-care for yourself, like gua sha, like try using affirmations in a way that kind of combine other things so that it feels natural for you, or you're going on a walk and you want to add some in. I think it's hard for people sometimes to pick up a habit where it's like, I'm sitting in front of the mirror for 15 minutes a day saying affirmations, like it doesn't feel natural, but try it on when you're already doing something nice for yourself, or maybe you're doing a workout and that you're at the end stretching and you're just repeating those, those words to yourself when you're in a receptive state for it to actually do something. That's actually really great advice because it's so hard to like implement new routines around things, especially when they do feel like cringy and stuff or they're just really out of your comfort zone. So it's like take take a scenario that you're already in and how can you build into that the affirmations that you're seeking? Habit stacking. (laughs) Habit stacking. I was going to say that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> we love a good habit stack. <laughs> we love a good habit stack. <laughs> I guess going off of that, what is your favorite way? Like how do you how do you habit stack really building in self-love and all of these sort of affirmations into your daily rituals? What does it look like for you and your practice? So when I was struggling, it looked a lot different. Like I would dedicate every morning for at least half an hour to focus on whatever was currently upsetting me, use the tools that I have to clear that negativity and then, you know, start to feed in those gentle little affirmations. And that over time built, built itself into something really, really incredible. But now that I don't struggle with those things like I used to, I obviously don't need the same amount of that practice. So for me now, it looks more like I was describing where if I'm at the gym and I'm working out or something, I say affirmations over and over again when I'm doing something to really empower myself and and feel like it's authentic. Or if I'm doing my facial gua sha at night, I'm like, I say whatever affirmations come naturally to me that I'm reinforcing because I'm in a state where that's really receptive. I, I still follow that practice where I feel like I don't just say affirmations in the middle of the day when they don't make sense to me. I say them when I truly mean them or like, um, 
Yeah. And something I really liked that I was teaching a class last night is I used to do this at night. I would say affirmations or I would, I would speak to myself in third, like I would say, dear Julia, I'm really proud of you for, and I would just tap and repeat whatever I genuinely felt like I was proud of myself for from that day. And for some reason, speaking to myself in that way, where it was like, dear Julia, I'm really grateful that you, it felt easier and more approachable than me just saying like, I I don't know, there was just something about it that felt really tender and sweet. And I really liked that practice of, of saying things like that to myself at the end of the day. So yeah. Yeah, right. Like it's like if an I am statement doesn't resonate with you, what's another approach that you could like, what's another <laughs> way that you could speak to yourself that resonates better? I even was thinking I was like, I do that as well. But in more of my journaling practice, I'll yeah. be like, I'll be like, I'm so proud of you for X or you know what I mean? And it feels like a really nice love note to myself that yes. it's like it doesn't always have to be like this out loud thing. It can be like there are many different modalities, I think, to practicing this, which is really, really exciting. 100%. So as we're speaking about this topic of confidence, I kind of want to get your take on how you define what like a healthy outlook of confidence is. Like what is, we've kind of brushed upon what unhealthy is. I think a lot of people are familiar or at least know in some capacity what that can look like because a lot of our world, like we said, conditions this sort of modeling and thinking. But what does just an everyday healthy version of confidence look like to you? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's such a great question. And I really think that this healthy relationship with confidence has to include the reality that you know you're still going to struggle. I think that we have this false idea that we're supposed to just be like, you know, supermodel confident all the time. And we love and are obsessed with the way we look. It's just so absolute. And that to me isn't healthy or realistic. I think when you know you're confident, you're someone that spends more often of your time feeling like you have a strong sense of self-worth. You do things outside your comfort zone. You're able to appreciate yourself. You know, you're able to yeah, just have a healthy relationship with yourself and you you wholly do feel accepting and and confident quite often, but you still experience those days where you do feel like shit sometimes. But the difference is, I think someone who is really confident has the tools to empower themselves to actually do something about that day where they're feeling triggered or they they have a moment where they're feeling low. They don't necessarily just sit and wallow and let that really permeate and destroy their lives they're they're empowered to actually know what to do to bring themselves back to feeling like they're in a more neutral positive you know accepting place does that make sense yeah, 100% i like had this visual of almost just like defining what your baseline is yeah. and realizing like what it's like what's your journey back to your baseline and it's so funny. I I literally had this moment today actually where I woke up and I there was this like shadowy side of myself that was a little bit triggered and I just had this moment with myself where I was like there are two paths we can walk down right now. Like I kind of bird's eye view saw it really clearly where I was like we can 
take whatever it is that feels shadowy, misinterpret it, go down the spiral staircase into like the depths of my sorrows, or I can take this shadow and ask it, why did you show up and what are you here to actually reveal to me? And like, how can I take this and reframe this in a way that's actually purposeful that like can trigger inspired action and like share with me a piece of myself that actually isn't shadowy that is like full-on glowing or wants to be full-on glowing but just might not be yet so I'm this is a very timely (laughs) conversation with you (laughs) I love that you share that that's it's so amazing I love it yeah I just feel like there are and and it reminds me of what you just said where you're like it's it's about catching yourself in that moment like you said like snapping your fingers just being oh whoa that was the thought right instead of getting like lost in it and kind of being like okay i'm going to be the observer here um yeah. and these are the next steps i'll take yes i think being an observer is such a key element of building confidence and being an empowered person for sure what in terms of being an observer are that was there anybody that or even to this day that you feel like you got a lot of inspiration from from observing their way of walking through walking confidently through the world whether it was like online or like someone on a tv show or like a book you read or a friend or family member you knew was there someone that or something that you felt tethered to that helps you to build this up for yourself Yeah. So actually the book, The Untethered Soul, you just said tethered. That book was so powerful in in really explaining that concept. And also there is another book called No Bad Parts. And that one really talks about, helps us to see, it's actually a form of therapy, internal family systems, but it helps us to really understand who we are, who the self is. And then what all these other little parts of us are and how to continuously come back to being the observer and the witness. And those were both really powerful concepts for me and just coming back to that over and over again. Yeah, that's so interesting. I I have yet to read The Untethered Soul, but I've heard really, really great things about it. So I need to add that to my list. (laughs) I put it in an audio book, you know, walk and listen. You know what? I shockingly like I'm such a podcast listener but I haven't gotten behind the audiobook thing and I need to (laughs) it's it's really great I do it when I'm cooking or you know because oftentimes you're like oh we're so used to multitasking these days it's sitting down and reading a book I hate to say it but it's often not that realistic for me but I I find I really get behind the walk and listen the cook and listen (laughs) whatever it is it's like Oh, great. I'm accomplishing many things at once. Yeah, no, honestly, I need to I need to take this up and like add it to my to my habit stacking. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Okay, so if you were to share a piece of advice for somebody who is working on their confidence, what would be a tip or just words of affirmation that you have for somebody who's just walking through this and wanting to get started on transforming this? Yeah. First of all, that there's nothing wrong with you, that you have these thoughts about yourself, right? And that you learned them, therefore you can unlearn them. 
that this part of you that feels insecure or has negative thoughts is just that. It's just a part of you. There are many other parts of you. And I think even oftentimes I'll take an, an item that can be as simple as like a lip gloss and I'll give this item the little personality of that critical part of me. And so when it when it gets loud and we feel like we're struggling, I'll just get out that object and I'll just let it speak and I'll just really role play that. I am the observer. I am the self who is holding space for this part that's struggling. And oftentimes even just having that concept that this is dissociating and seeing this isn't who you really are is so helpful in starting to transform your relationship with yourself and building that confidence. And, you know, other things like it's not new news, but really being an active creator in your content, meaning like if you're following a bunch of accounts or your TikTok feed is all fitspo influencers and whatever else, and it's triggering you, you got to take responsibility for that and clear that because it's just contributing to the world that you see and, and live around you. So you have to be really diligent about what you're consuming because that is so much of our time day to day. If we want to create a different reality, we've got to start with what we actually can control. And that is within our control to a certain extent. 100%. Oh my gosh. It's so true. <laughs> it's like clear the clutter, cl- like clean the space and pull in the messaging that you want to be mm-hmm. receiving. Yeah, that's such great advice. I wanted to also ask you about, it's funny because my next question is about social media, which I think is like an interesting segue. So when you were like going through curating your social media, what was it that you felt helped encourage a bit more of that authenticity when you were curating? Like what was the, what were the accounts and things that you were looking to actually bring into your feed? Like once you've cleared the space, what is it that you're looking to fill it with? People that are authentic and are vulnerable and share the real truth, people that have great educational content. So, you know, I don't need to look at another pretty face, like not not just like, you know, it's like I just really had to be so conscious with what I was bringing into my world. And then, yeah, just really understanding how does this content make me feel? And it's perfectly okay if even a friend at one point can trigger you. And that's that's okay. You have to be willing to set boundaries for yourself to heal and to develop a positive relationship with yourself. And all those things can change. You know, maybe you need to mute a couple accounts for a couple weeks or a month, and then you're in a place where it's different. And I think that's perfectly okay. Like if you're not healthy, you can't be healthy in relationships with other people. So it's really important to, yeah, just take control of that in a loving way for yourself. And the more you consume that content that feels good, thank goodness the algorithm is pretty smart, especially on TikTok. And we'll feed you all kinds of stuff to the point where like mine is just recipes, cycle syncing, and like, I don't even know, like manifestation stuff. Like I don't get toxic stuff on my feed anymore because I don't prescribe to it. I don't look at it, you know? Yeah, 100%. No, it's so good. Like that's really when the algorithm is here to work in your favor. Yes, exactly. I'm always like, wow, bless the TikTok algorithm. It is so strong. (laughs) It is so strong. If people are listening and they're like, I really want to connect with you and potentially work one-on-one with you, can you share a bit more of the offerings that you have created? Yeah, absolutely. So how I support my clients to transform their lifelong struggles with body insecurity, 
toxic relationship to food and really have the freedom and confidence that they deserve is through my signature program. So it's the brazen body confidence program. It is an eight step method that I developed that helps you retrain your brain, really rewire those limiting beliefs. We do all kinds of nervous system regulation work, all the inner work to create those external and internal changes that you really want. And we use tools like EFT, all kinds of different things. So that program, you can learn about it on my website. And aside from the curriculum that's included in it, I also teach live classes every week within that program. And it's a lifetime access program. So I work with people for as long as they need to get the changes that they want and to have a beautiful, supportive space to come back to anytime they're struggling. And yeah, I was really passionate about building a community and a family and a place where people can thrive. And that's that's really what it entails. That's so exciting. I'm so happy that you have like found this and you're helping so many people just discover what and rediscover what it means for them to be in their confidence and in their just authenticity. It's so great. Thank you so much. Yeah, it makes me so happy. I'm, I'm so grateful and, and blessed to be able to do this work. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so my very last question for you, we ask everyone on the show, what is currently on your bedside table? Oh, I just <laughs> I just cleaned it off. So right now it's the bedside lamp. There's earplugs, my eye mask, castor oil, because I use that for my body, my face, like it's just a cure-all. <laughs> and then I've got a little plate that has an evil eye on it. And it's got all my crystals, like my manifesting crystals, like, you know, citrine. There's like a really beautiful blue one. I forget the name of uh, a tiger's eye, a quartz. I don't know, all kinds of things like that. That's That's the extent of what's on the table. (laughs) I love that. Oh my gosh. That's so great. I love that you keep your crystals on your bedside. Yeah. And I put some on my husband's side and he's always like, what are they? I'm like, just take them in. They're really good for you. Your energy. (laughs) what's so funny is I'm literally I'm in my I'm like in my bedroom right now and I'm looking at my bedside and I'm I'm like I don't have any crystals but like my boyfriend has like three in like a crystal dish and I'm like what is going on why don't I have any crystals oh that's so funny (laughs) yeah hysterical well anyways thank you so much for joining me today I am just so happy to have met you and be in conversation around this it's just it's such an important message and it's like I said, it's just really transformational work that you're doing. So I'm I'm so happy that you're the one kind of paving the way here. Oh, thank you so much. It's been such an honor and I'm so grateful to have spent this time with you. And yeah, thank you again. Yeah, of course. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. If you loved this episode, be sure to follow Julia, follow all of her work, check out her courses and leave a review or rating. It helps get the show out to as many ears as possible. Text it to your bestie. I always love texting podcast episodes to my friends. I'm like, you got to listen. So anyways, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode and we'll catch you next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Betside Podcast. I hope you love this episode as much as we did making it. If you have any feedback, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, or if you just want to chat, don't hesitate to reach out to us at The Bedside on Instagram and thebedside.co online. You can also find us at By The Bedside on TikTok. To stay updated on our latest episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your preferred platform. And if you found this episode valuable, I would so greatly appreciate if you could leave 
us a rating, a review, text it to a friend, share it to your Instagram stories. Let's get this message out there loud and clear. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week.